Genre. To Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one long, painful minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports Puck Daddy blog and painful. My goodness, boys, we're marinating in the Old West. Where <laughs> else would you rather be than right here, right now? <laughs> well, uh, long and painful uh, because we're talking about Minute Fifty Eight, which starts with Mad Dog and his uh, and and his posse stalking the perimeter of the party, and uh, ends with Mad Dog uh, saying he'd like to dance um, with somebody. <laughs> with somebody, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's painful in in reference to the. Uh, the Derringer Smithy bullet that is going to go into Doc's back, but not kill him for two days. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's that's two two day. Last person I shot with this, he took two days to die, which would mean that uh, you would have a long and painful death that would end sometime Monday afternoon. I just. Oh man, that's so dark. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, like Mad B- Buford, Mad Dog Tannen is not screwing around. No, like he is. He is by far the most, like the most straight to business, no frills Tannen that we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that makes you wonder whether Doc would just request that he use a real gun. Instead of <laughs> yeah. the tiny gun, and like mm-hmm. end end me quickly instead of this bizarre forty eight hour gun flu that you're right. promising me. Yeah. Oh, gun flu! Yikes. Um, Buford's almost kind of like the bane of the Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> Just pure physical threat and oh. intimidation. You think you were a blacksmith? I was born in the shadow. <laughs> Manua! I hate Manua! So, uh, one of, so when they were stalking the perimeter, yes. um, one, of, uh, one of Buford's posse points out that Doc is dancing with that piece of calico. Oh, I thought he <laughs> said that piece of kettle corn. No. <laughs> No, that I feel like that would make more sense. Um, but apparently, I looked up piece of calico. I can't find the origin of it, but it says that uh, it is a woman. It is slang for a woman regarded as a sex object or partner uh, regarded as generally sexually accessible, hence promiscuous. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, I, I, I think I think we need to pause here for a second where you felt as though the euphemism would be a sweeter, hotter version of popcorn created <laughs> in a giant kettle. Yeah, I was like, oh, look at that. Little, check out that little piece of kettle corn. Like, <laughs> like ain't, ain't she a sweet thing? <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's, I mean, it's the kind of thing you would pick up at the boardwalk, I suppose, next to the churros. Sure. uh, I don't, you know what, guys? I don't know if I want to hang my hat on this, but I want to say none of these people have ever been to a boardwalk. Well, I mean, you a big old greasy turkey leg. Now, (laughs) technically, every town in the West had a boardwalk. It's just that. That's just what the sidewalk was by the stores, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, although I suppose Claire is an East Coast gal, so I suppose she might have been on to a boardwalk before. That's true, that's true. She is from the Eastern eastern Coast. Yeah. Highfalutin. Right. (laughs) She's a city mouse. But I I don't like the idea that they are regarding Clara as sexually accessible. Yeah. Well, they're scoundrels, Scott. They're 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 uh, yeah. they're nerfed. I mean, I I know, but what is it about her that like are they is that just a thing they're saying or do they actually think that? I don't know. I mean, is anything about Clara's outfit uh or demeanor modern or out of the norm in a way that that we're not aware of because we're in the in, in the present? Uh. I think they're just doing it to to troll Doc at this point. I don't think it has. Oh anything yeah, to do they're, with just being, the, they're, yeah, just they're just being. They're just being stupid, stupid jerks. Just be, yeah, they're just yeah, they're just trying to get under his skin. Um, yeah. But although I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody any of that of that, of that gang is going to pause at any yeah. point and be like, "Well, we ain't trying to objectify her or nothing." But hey, come on, man. There's <laughs> no need for that. I mean, when I say calico, I of course mean you know you, a You're smart, right. independent woman who happens like, to also be a calico. <laughs> Like a little calico cat. <laughs> That's right. Um, I will. I will. I, I guess I should point out she is the only one on the dance floor. The only woman not wearing a hat. Oh my god! I think she's sure. a witch. Clearly <laughs> didn't get the memo. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think. Goody, I, guess, uh, I think Goody Barton. I saw Goody Barton make Congress with the devil. You know, burn her at the stake. Drown her. (laughs) If she dies, she was uh, not a witch. Not going to before long, you're going to see Black Phillip walking up and down Hill Valley. (laughs) (laughs) What what are your opinions on Mary Steen version overall in this role, by the way? I don't even know. Oh, I can't even. Yeah, no, Uh, we 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 love her. Uh, Big, big, big fans. Big Big fans fans of, 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 of the of the Steen version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, love her and love her and will she, she has like a she has like an olive oil vibe that yeah, like exactly I, I think right. we really we we have a lot of fun with like I it's it's the kind of thing that is you know in in a if this movie was sh- was made any other way it wouldn't work but it works in this because like everyone's sort of a cartoon character um, in fact Jennifer isn't so much a cartoon character. And I think that's one of the reasons why she's not in the movie a lot. That's, that's the thing about it. Like, I think if I had only one complaint, it would be like, I wanted her more as a sassy calamity Jane type, but I, uh-huh. but it's not the character. She's very proper, which yeah, is why Doc like, likes her. Yeah. It's like Doc is such a specific character that it really took another, an equally specific character to, be an interesting uh, romantic uh, character for him. Right. You, like, mm-hmm. She's sort of the Mayim Bialik uh, on the Big Bang Theory. You needed someone very specific 
to be uh-huh. the, the mate yeah. to that yeah. character. You, yeah. you couldn't just have like a cool girl with a hoodie and glasses. Like it had to be, <laughs> right. you had to come at it from a character standpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone who looks like she'd be at home reading Jules Verne. Right. As a, as a, as a yeah, I mean, she, she, she definitely, I mean, she definitely seems like a bookworm, but then she's also adventurous. I mean, she's moving you know, from the East Coast to the West Coast just to get a job as a school yeah. teacher. I mean, she's that's... not wearing a hat, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's enough right there. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Uh, so, so do we think? Yes, this was the moment that Doc was shot before in the original timeline. He okay. So let's. Let's let's put our heads together for a minute. Mm-hmm. In the original thing, can you remember when they first when they first found the news item in the library back in the fifties? I thought right. I think he's early. Well, he died on Monday. He died on Monday. But oh. remember getting shot in the back by this little this little Der- Derringer Smithy, which. I tried to look up Derringer Smithy, and it's apparently a nickname for a Smith and Wesson. I thought uh, it was apparently. a gun that wanted its name taken off a movie because it wasn't hey, particularly happy with the results. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, that's entirely yes. possible. Um, but uh, yeah, so 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 theoretically, if he if this was the gun that he shot him in the back with, um, and this could have been the moment because. It only stops when Marty throws the, you know, he, he puts a stop to it yeah. in tomorrow's D- minute. Does that so mean this could that be the moment? Did So did Doc fall in love with Clara while dying of a bullet wound over a few days? Well, I'm sure that are, was. Aren't we supposed to assume that there are like he's already smitten with her at this point? Yeah. But like she she I mean, she's already on his tombstone, you know? Right. Right. Well, there, but that's that's the thing. So so I think if Marty wasn't here distracting Doc from Clara, he would have basically have already been spending every waking moment with her since picking her up at the train station. Yeah, that was, we, like, we, that we, was like today, though. We, but we missed the naked gun like montage of them going to the movies together. Yeah. Right. The turtle right. song well, playing was, in the background. It was yeah. two days ago. So what um, are they? Devendra Banhart and that guy and the girl Devendra Banhart married? Like yeah. they, they I mean, only knew each other. That's for a the day? thing is like they yeah, because they they everyone like fell in love super fast because like most people didn't date around back then. They like got interested in one person and then they got yeah. married and grew to hate each other. That's yeah. where that whole thing goes get like that's where all of that comes from, is but because yeah. you know To go back we, to your original point though, like I think the the thing that we're missing here in this scene is like Doc's Agent Smith in the Matrix Revolutions freak out about <laughs> seeing, looking around and seeing everything as as he foresaw it. This is where you shoot me, and I I live for two more days, and then I die. You know that kind of thing is what we needed right. for the clarity of this moment. Right? Why, Mister Anderson? Why do you persist? <laughs> <laughs> because um, I choose to. Yeah, I do love uh see like Clara's not such a, a a wet noodle. Like she she stands up to Buford. She's got gumption. Yeah. Moxie. Moxie. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not all like, 
you know, screaming and getting tied to real tra- railroad tracks. Like she's, um, you know, she's, uh, she's just, she's very proper, but she's still kind of an adventurous, like yeah, moxie filled gal. She's got kind of like that Nancy Drew, like, yes, I come from privilege somewhat, but I am also not weak spirited by any. Oh, now wouldn't that be more of a, uh, Lara, Lara Croft? <laughs> oh man. Now there is a franchise. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding me? Lady mm. Croft. I like the part where Buford goes straight up Joker from the Dark Knight, by the way, where he's like... Oh, totally. Like, look what we have here, kind of thing. It's so, it's so <laughs> funny you say that. His, when he when he first appears and spots uh, Doc and Clara, his hunch almost is kind of like that of Heath Ledger Joker. Oh, yeah. This is and the he's first... Al- he's also wearing wearing dirt on his face all the time, too. That's true. That's very <laughs> true. Yeah, that's his... That's well, his he doesn't... Battle, he battle only, he, you know, he probably only bathes like once a month if, if you're lucky. This is the first week we've recorded since listening to this really awesome uh, podcast of I Was There Too with Tom F. Wilson. So I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm having so much fun watching him like act now. Oh, was that, so what did he do Back to the Future or did he do? Yeah, yeah. Like, like pretty, oh, wow. like some really cool, really, really in-depth discussion about stuff. That's a pretty yeah. primary character for that podcast. That podcast is usually like, I played Hammerhead and right. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars yeah, Cantina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely he definitely points that out in the intro. He's like, so this doesn't really count as the night was there too, but like I'm not gonna do this. Come on. Uh so Greg. Yes. Um, what uh we've never had you on before, so you know, what's your what's your back to the future story? Do you remember seeing the movies for the first time? Do you do you have a ranking of the movies? Oh, well, I mean, the, the ranking, t- I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I mean, obviously, number one is number one. Sorry for my dog barking, by the way. Uh, number one <laughs> is number one. Uh, but I was never really a fan of the second one. I always felt like there's a lot of really interesting ideas there. But mm-hmm. comparing it to the spirit of the first one, I felt like it was a, always like a, a drag. I always felt it was sort of a, a nastier film. And I never... I never mm-hmm. really rocked to it as much as I liked the first one. Um, and then the third one, you know, it's funny. Like, when I, I remember seeing it as a, as a kid in the theater and being underwhelmed by it. Um, but as I've revisited it, I, I see it more for what it is, which is kind of like, like a val- not only a Valentine to the rest of the series, but also clearly a number of people really having an affinity for Westerns and the old west and trying to make that kind of film so i i i I feel like it's a noble effort and and so i guess the ultimate ranking would be one three two for me Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's generally what we hear from most people because you know the thing with the second one it's always the fun one to watch when you're younger because it's big and silly and weird because you don't you know, most likely you, you had never seen anything like that where people are interacting with themselves and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's got all these, you know, all the future stuff is really like big and silly and crazy. Uh, and there's the hoverboard, which is super cool. But then as you grow older, I just think you kind of like see the movie for what it is. And you're like, I mean, yeah, it's got all that flash and stuff, but it's uh it is a darker, movie and feels a little off tonally from the other two. Right. And I think, I think 
you know, when you revisit the second one, the first 20 minutes are great and the last 20 minutes are really interesting. And then in between is sort of like not, right. fun, not fun things. And right. Like really not fun things in some cases. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we covered it uh, minute by minute. It was, it was a rough go for a while. Yeah. So this, I think the third one gets closer to the spirit of, of what the first, uh, the third one gets closer to the spirit of what the first one was. But, you know, I, I, I listen, I'm a huge Robert Zemeckis fan, um, mm-hmm. just endlessly inventive and, and kind of like, you know, it, I mean, I know that he's got kind of the reputation of Spielberg light, but I, I always felt like his his stuff had he took more chances in some cases with his material um mm-hmm. you know obviously with things like like Roger Rabbit and stuff but um and then also as a used cars fan like having Bob Gale crank out the stuff was always something that's great <laughs> too um so yeah I mean it's 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 a series of films that uh I think stands the test of time mm-hmm. and uh and also should be remembered for peak Michael J. Fox, which is also something that I kind of cherish them for because he was a great performer and, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and in some ways maybe underrated with how he held these movies together. Oh but, yeah, for sure. I mean, he literally saved the first movie from going bankrupt. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, that's, yeah. And, and I, and I mentioned my dad in the context of the ZZ top conversation in the previous episode, my dad was also a huge fan of Taxi, so like my oh. first exposure to Christopher Lloyd was as Jim on Taxi, and then like to see him in a, in a role that, let's say, resonated more with me as a young lad than mm-hmm. Drunken Cab Driver was right? was sort of a bonding moment too. <laughs> he, I mean, Doc is sort of the polar opposite of that guy on oh, Taxi. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, smart, yeah, sober, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, because because correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't I haven't seen like most of Taxi. I've only seen like the occasional episode in syndication or what have you. But but correct me if I'm wrong. But his character on Taxi was sort of like very low key and kind of mellow, right? It was low most key, of the time. Low key, mellow. He was the burnout basically of right. the crew. Um, right. The 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 greatest joke I think in the history of that show was delivered by Christopher Lloyd. The the uh the colloquialism for getting drunk was to tie one on. Mm-hmm. So one character says to him, he's like, Hey, you wanna come out with me and tie one on? And Jim's response was, uh I don't like Chinese food. Which <laughs> 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 is a perfect line. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, so, do you do you remember seeing Back to the Future for the first time? Yeah. Imagine James L. Brooks is Back to the Future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It would be brilliant. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted your answer. The um, uh, I I can't remember. I, I would imagine the first time I saw Back to the Future was probably on cable at some point. I don't think I thought I saw it in the theater, um, but I definitely saw the other two in the theater. And uh, and I remember I remember really having my mind blown by the end of the second one. Because I think at that point, we're sort of obviously pre-internet. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm pre-actually giving a crap about movie news. So I don't think at that point I knew that they were like filming them back to back. So mm-hmm. it kind of blew my mind that there was this, you know, very specific, unique tie-in to the next chapter. And oh my God, there's scenes from the next movie that they're actually right. showing me now. I remember being 
really blown away by that as a kid that like, you know, I, I was at that point used to Star Wars, you know, sequels where it's like the movie ends and then you're, you're literally feeling like you're waiting an eternity for a Jedi to come out. And then right. like this, this series, oh my God, they've got the, the, the other one in the can already. Right. Um, which was really kind of a, a, a game changer for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think it was uh, the first time that it had ever been done before, um, shooting two movies back-to-back like this. And I don't think it would be done again until Matrix? Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings, I think. But Well, what, um, I think Matrix probably – I think Matrix predated Lord of the Rings, didn't it? Well, I don't think the sequels did. Oh, okay. Because Revolutions and and Reloaded were back to back, I think, right? Yeah, right. but they both but they both came out the year that Return of the King came out in two thousand and three. Oh, is that right. right? Okay, right. And then and then it was like back to back. It was like Lord of the Rings did it, and then The Matrix did it, and then Pirates of the Caribbean did it. And it was like it was just like three series did it in a row in like the early two thousands. It was and weird. they all worked. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. could you imagine? either being on Lord of the Rings or Pirates of the Caribbean, and you're like, hey, we're shooting these movies back to back. Oh, by the way, every movie is five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? It was like a year and a half that they were shooting the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Oh, but uh, but in, in fairness, they're in New Zealand, and like I've been to New Zealand, and like I'd, I'd shoot 25 straight movies there if they told me I had to. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we got for this minute. Uh Greg, why don't you uh, why don't you remind everybody uh, the stuff that you do? Sure thing. I write the Puck Daddy blog on Yahoo Sports. Uh, you can read uh, daily hockey content there. Uh, there's videos and stuff. I do two podcasts. I do Puck Soup on Nerdist, um, which is a combination of pop culture and hockey stuff, mostly pop culture. And then also uh, Merrick versus Brzezinski on Sportsnet. I also have a book out. If you're someone who is hearing me uh, talk about hockey and I'm like, I know nothing of this sport. Uh, I have a book called Take Your Eye Off the Puck, How to Watch Hockey by Knowing Where to Look. And it's a good sort of primer on the sport and some of the concepts in the sport. And it's also a goofy uh, spot the pop culture reference fun. So that's available wherever books are sold. All right. Awesome. Uh, and uh, while you're checking things out, go to Movies by Minutes and check out all of the Movies by Minutes uh, podcasts, including uh, Greg's other guest spots on Star Wars Minute and uh, if his New Year's resolution holds, uh, all of the other uh, Movies by Minutes podcasts that he'll end I'm up inevitably you. being on this year. Pitch, pitch it to me, man. I love doing Minute podcasts. <laughs> do anything I've seen most I've been to the minute by minute page I think I could say I've seen most of them uh, and I have to admit that I am a little uh, upset that I, I missed out on some of the uh, more awkward parts of, of Back to the Future 2 that would have been a trip oh well, <laughs> there's always the future that's right <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, also I want to announce that, uh, cause I haven't talked about this on this show yet. Um, but, we're getting uh, married. Whoa. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, I, I feel like a lot of our, uh, our Tumblr listeners are like squealing with joy cause they always knew. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, earlier this month I will have launched 
a and I'm I'm using weird uh, <laughs> weird tenses because it hasn't happened when we're recording it, but by the time this comes out, it will have happened. Uh, but the first episode of my new podcast, which I'm doing with past guest of the show, Zach Luna, we are doing Spider-Man Minute, which uh, starts with the, with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man and uh, it goes on forever, presumably, because that's a cash cow that's never going to stop turning out milk. So um, we, uh, we, we start that uh, earlier this month. We did the pilot and then next next month we do another sort of special and then we launch proper in time for the 15th anniversary on uh, May 1st, uh, the 15th anniversary of the release of uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, Zach and I, you know, Spider-Man is our favorite superhero. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun sort of digging deep into all of that and uh, what those movies mean to us. So if you like me here, uh, go check that out. Nick is our first guest. Um, so uh, Nick won't be uh, uninvolved. He, he'll be showing up as well. Um, but uh, that's what I'm going to be doing this summer uh, as we're wrapping this show up. Um, so Greg, you should, uh, you should come on yeah, based on your I, reaction to that. I know that this is way down the line, but dibs on the scene in which Electro plays the itsy bitsy spider, uh, <laughs> on different, um, power towers. All right. Well, I'll, I'll look you up about, uh, five years from now. Uh, see, I was looking forward, <laughs> I was looking forward to Spider-Man three and I thought that was like thinking too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling Dibs on Amazing Spider-Man too. So I love okay. yeah. I'll keep so that in mind. In, in before the rush. <laughs> uh all right. Well uh we'll be back tomorrow to talk about May 59. Bye everybody.